Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dogs, Lucy and Bert. Together, we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs in the pet industry. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode to find the inspiration and resources that will help you grow your own dog-inspired business. On this episode, I'm talking to a woman who's been making a difference in pet dental health for about two decades. She's educating pet owners and helping them improve their dog's overall health, starting with their mouths. Did you know that about 80% of dogs have some kind of periodontal disease? That's a scary statistic and the motivation behind this marketer's passion for her products and business. Learn how she uses Amazon, affiliates, influencers, and grassroots marketing to get the word out. Melissa Gulbranson has been a leader in the pet industry for 20 years. As the vice president of marketing for OxyFresh, she utilizes her expertise to educate pet parents on the importance of pet dental care and the role it plays in the overall health and longevity of their pets' lives. Her strategic thinking and vision of what OxyFresh can bring to the pet space propels it to a new leader in the pet dental and grooming industry, heavily focused on non-toxic ingredients that are safe for all pets and made in the USA. Melissa has been creating a shift in the pet space for the last two years. She took OxyFresh's pet dental water additive to new heights on Amazon, where it's become the number one bestseller for dog and cat bad breath for the last six months, beating out billion-dollar companies. She was also recently named one of Pet Age Women of Influence 2019 winners. She lives in Coeur d'Alene with her husband, Doug, and their fur babies, Maddie and Parker. Hey, Melissa. Hey, welcome. I mean, thank you for having me. Welcome to you. I'm so excited to have you here. So um, tell us a little bit. You've been um, at OxyFresh for how long now? Um, 20 years. So I'd like to say that I was born here, so I don't (laughs) age myself. But I have been with the company for 20 years in July. Oh, wow. That's very exciting. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of different shifts. I mean, you know, just talking about Amazon and online and everything in the last 20 years, it's been a real change of how people buy and find things to buy. Oh, absolutely. Huge changes from when I first started. It was a lot of print marketing. Everything was print. Um, and of course, everything's going digital. Social's huge. I mean, when I started, I don't even think we had a website. So, um, you know, things have changed a lot, but I love change. I think it's so exciting to see all the differences that happen. Like affiliate marketing is huge. Um, it's funny how Facebook has kind of been, you know, they're still a marketing company, but um, it really Instagram for influencers, especially in the pet space is huge. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit, when when you started at OxyFresh, were you focused on pet products then, or um, was it more about human products? I know you also do, um, you know, toothpaste and all sorts of stuff for people. Yeah, we started off as a people dental company. Uh, we, I like to say that we've been tested on people. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's where our formula, formulas really started. We started in 1984 with a little tiny creamer cup of uh, alcohol-free mouthwash. So one of the things that was really important to us, um, we, we had a lot of dentists on, on the team, and I said, well, how can we do d- dental care differently and better? 
Um, that, and that is, hey, no dyes. We're not doing dyes. We're not doing using alcohol. We're going to use only ingredients that matter to a healthier mouth. And so that's how we got started. And then it, um, I think about 10 years later, um, people started saying, our customers, they're loyal and they're huge advocates and saying, hey, is it cool if I use this in our pet product for our pet? Um, because my pet has horrible bad breath and so we said well wait a second not all ingredients are safe for he, uh, for pets so we just want to make sure so we spent a couple years developing a pet care line and so we focus on of course um, dye free alcohol free flavor free we don't use flavor additives you won't see poultry in our uh, toothpaste, um, no dyes or anything like that. Cause this, again, our philosophy is about only using ingredients that matter, um, and not something that stand out on a shelf. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. You know, I see so many products that, um, have, you know, like you said, bacon flavor or chicken mm -hmm. flavor. And when you see something that's listed as something flavor, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's that real thing. It's like a synthetic, usually it's a, some kind of a synthetic chemical um, flavoring that's been added to it, which is, which is just so interesting. And it's not something that you need to give your, your dog. So if you can find products without those kind of artificial things, then it's so much better. So much better. And I think that, um, you know, we really pioneered that like years ago, but now, I mean, we've seen it with pet food. The industry is changing so much. Pet food everybody's like, okay, don't want pet food or pet treats from China. I want to make sure that the ingredients, I want to be able to read it. Um, I think Petco just released like, hey, we're not going to use these kind of ingredients, which I love. I love that. But that's pet food. We need to see that in other ingredients that pets consume. Um, there are other pet water additives on the market. Does it have alcohol? You know, some of them have xylitol. Um, you know, you oh, can, wow. there shouldn't be any xylitol in no. any pet products per, at all. That's great for people, bad for pets. Mm -hmm. um, Poisonous to pets. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so you see, or different mint oils, clove oils, teas, you know, you just, I think you have to be careful. And I think that if you don't need it, um, or like a flavoring, you really shouldn't have it in there. So can it be clear and still sell on a shelf? I think so. I, you know, I think that now ever consumers want to know about ingredients and they're mm -hmm. starting to look at, okay, pet food is getting their act together. And you saw a lot, I mean, there's so many great pet food brands out there now that really care about ingredients and are doing a phenomenal job. Now that's, you see that shift in what else am I giving my pet? Am I, what kind of air cleaners am I using? What kind of pet water additives, pet breast sprays? I mean, dental care in pets is so huge. And I think that the um, vet and groomers have done a really, really good job about helping to educate um, pet parents that, hey, dental care is really important just like it is for humans. Right, right. Well, and I think that um, something I've experienced recently as I've over the last few years, you know, getting more involved in the pet industry and being more knowledgeable about the things that I'm feeding and, and giving and putting on my dogs, um, you know, I'm, tr I'm seeking out more natural products for them for everything. And I'm very attuned to the ingredients that are in everything. But um, like a crazy dog lady, my dogs come first and I come second. So I was doing all this stuff for them. And then this year I realized oh, I'm still using shampoo that has all these chemicals in it or toothpaste. I was using toothpaste that had like all these chemicals in it and stuff. Um, so I've been sort of shifting my products to more natural things as well. Um, and one of the things that I 
that I like to say about Wagger Pete is that, you know, I, I lead a dog inspired life and my dogs just inspire me so much. And I never really realized that they're inspiring me to use more natural products so that hopefully our whole home can be um, safer, more natural products. Because even though I don't use my shampoo or my toothpaste on my dogs, it's still like in our environment mm-hmm. um, and it still impacts them and it impacts me as well. So um, I think that's really important. But you talked about a clear product and this new natural shampoo that I got for myself. Um, it, it came in an aluminum container, so I couldn't see what it looked like when I got it. And then I got home and it's totally clear. And I was like, I don't think I've ever had a shampoo that was totally clear like that. So it just makes you think how much stuff is in everything else. Well, you know, I think the, you, it, the ad industry especially has been, it is stand out on the shelf, make it a bright color, have a clear bottle and it's bright blue. And, you know, and it has, or, you know, you start reading, I think that's funny. It's like yellow number five, red number four. Um, you know, you see that in so much stuff and people are just being more educated, especially, I mean, the internet's huge and you can get a lot of good information. Maybe it's bad information too, but people just like to do research now and they know that what am I bringing into my environment, whether or not it is a deodorizer. We have this amazing pet deodorizer that is again, it's clear, it's non-toxic. So if your kids sprayed it in their mouth, nothing's going to happen. Um, You know, so it, it needs to be something that it's not just, I mean, fur babies, are my number one for sure. People <laughs> with with little kids too. They want to make sure that what am what am I spraying in the air? Um, it, it, is it just smelling good and covering up? And then realistically, is someone going to get an allergy to it? You just you just don't know. And so I think that it's really important that one companies are transparent. Um, and especially in our marketing, any product that you're marketing needs to be transparent about ingredients. Just right. tell, don't use the whole, oh, my prior, these are like ingredients, but I can't tell you what this is, my priority formula. You right. know, people, you, know, you got to be transparent. I think that um, if you stand behind your product, you have no, there's no reason to not be transparent, you know? Um, and so I think that that's a really good shift of no dyes and things, just ingredients that don't matter in a formula. Um, it right. should you know, it just should do what you say it's going to do. Right. And I think it's a good idea to, um, to shop from companies that brag about their ingredients rather than mm-hmm. trying to hide something. So right. that's and something to look at. <laughs> totally. And warning labels. So none of our products have warning labels on them, except for our humans. Um, in our human line, we have, we use, um, we have a fluoride formula. Um, and that, of course, has to have a warning label, but none of our other products have warning labels. I'm super proud of that, especially in pet. You know, yeah. you don't have to say, Ooh, for dogs only, you know, you, or anything like that. So that's just something we're really proud of and that every product that we're coming out with, um, adheres to those guidelines. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so you touched on, you know, being made in the USA or, or not containing ingredients from China or something like that. Why is it important in the pet industry to have things that are made in the USA? I think um, biggest thing is is that you can you can have better control over the ingredients. Yeah. I think you develop relationships. You can go and see the uh, we we have checks all the time where our product development vice president will fly to the location. He'll check the ingredients. Mm-hmm. He can do that more easily. More, we can 
uh, track where the ingredient has been, which part of the U USA it's been, um, how it's been mixed. We can really take care of quality control a lot better if it's made at home. And we wanted things made at home. We want, um, you know, we're a US-based company. Why would we go outside of the US to make our products? You know, it doesn't, we're partners. We, we love our community, we love our country. And so might as well have everything made here and control quality for our consumers as well, I think is, is really, really key. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit because you are a marketing guru. Um, and it's really impressive that, you know, you've taken Oxyfresh's pet dental products to number one on Amazon. So like, how exactly would you do that? Because Amazon is such an intimidating, like behemoth. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who, um, you know, are, are considering or have already started their own pet industry business. And if it's product-based, Amazon is like where you want to sell stuff. So like, how did, how did you do that? Did, was there a strategy? Was it like just luck of the draw or how did it work out? Well, I would love to say I had this amazing strategy from day one, but I didn't. Um, I just said, you know what? Hey, I am someone who says, if you don't try it, you'll never know. So we just decided, you know, hey, let's, I, of course, I'm an internet researcher, so I love everything. So I read a bunch of articles, but this is something we were testing. We didn't say, okay, we're going to have the whole company behind this Amazon initiative. We just said, hey, we have a lot of loyal customers that come to us for our website, but what are we missing? Like, I think that there's a chance that we could get our product out to more people with Amazon. I purchase off of Amazon. I also purchase off of, I'm very loyal to certain brands that I purchase off their website. So I see that both are very powerful and meaningful. So I basically just said, decided to do it. I think that's the very first, don't get caught up into, oh, what should I do? How should I do this? The very first piece of strategy is to stick it up there and then, and then start to learn, check out your competition, check out. Um, well, let me back up first. I think you got to know who you are. Right. So, because you have, I mean, Amazon is a plethora of products. You could be inundated. You don't even know what to choose. And then some people go, okay, bestseller, that's what I'm going to choose. Um, so you got to know who you are because you have to tell a, a compelling story on Amazon. That is no different than your website. You just have less space to do it. Mm -hmm. so you have to be really concise. But first thing to do is just put it up there. Um, is get the listing up. Um, have your friends order, you know, and find out the missing pieces. What, oh shoot, what did you miss? Um, did it flow out properly? Amazon customer service is actually really good on chat. Um, not so much on the phone, Can't, it's hard to get somebody, but that's how they built their businesses, you know, but you can easily do it, but know who you are so you can tell that story and then track, um, you know, you got to promote. Amazon's not going to promote for you. So we did all grassroots. Uh, we did not have a marketing budget when we started Amazon. Zero, we had zero. Um, but utilizing Amazon's free tools, like enhanced brand content, that is a must. That is the, you know, you have your initial bullets, some pictures, but there's enhanced brand content at the bottom that Amazon lets you do. Take advantage of that because that's where you do your storytelling. 
Mm-hmm. People do scroll and they want to see, oh, how are you different? You know, obviously problem solution. They want to know that you solve a problem at the top, but they want to know, can I believe in this brand, especially in the pet marketplace? Mm-hmm. They want to know, are you non-toxic? Um, they want to see pictures of pets. They want to see how your product works. Um, and then obviously reviews. We did um, Social Graphs Roots. We have a great Facebook following, um, and we just started promoting, hey, we're available on Amazon. Uh, You don't see that on our website. So we really did it through social um, because we want to make sure that people still felt good about ordering from us on our website, that they could do both. But if you're here, we're not going to send you over here. Um, And so Grassroots on, on Facebook, we didn't do any giveaways, which is very unusual. We do them now, but we really don't, didn't do any of that. So once we realized, okay, organic searches, Amazon makes it really easy to put in the organic search terms, but you got to do a little bit of research. You have to look at competitors. You have to look at what, how you're different. What do you think a consumer is putting into the search? It's usually problem-based. They're not going to put in, oh, OxyFresh. They don't even know about us yet. Um, they're not going to put in pet water additive. That's, that's a description of what it is. Maybe now, but it's still not the, it's really their problem. Mm-hmm. Pet bad breath, dog right. bad breath, pet bad breath. That is what they're going to be putting in. So are you, are you, do you have enough keywords in there for that? That's, that's such a great are- tip. I just want to point out to everyone listening to use the problem that people are searching for as your keywords. Right. That is just huge. You got to put yourself in like, what are my problems? I'm always thinking like that, you know, okay, I know that sometimes my dog has bad breath. So what would I put in, you know? Um, so do you think like that and you can get, just get started. But the key thing is just to get started. Then of course, as sales grew, we partnered with a company because I wasn't an Amazon expert. I like to partner with people who are amazing experts at what they're doing. So we partnered with a couple different companies and now we really manage that wholly on our own. We have one person that just does Amazon um, for growth, but we did advertise and we spent, I mean, I think our advertising budget was really, really tiny to begin with. And then as we learned mistakes that we were making or things didn't convert, we just honed in, added, honed in, added. Um, Same thing with our content. I think our content changed at least six times last year. On your Amazon listing, you mean? Yes, on the Amazon listing. So you can change it. You don't want to change it every month, but you want to change because Amazon doesn't like that. But change it to see, hey, you know what? We think this keyword is trending. Look what blogs are doing. Who, what are people talking about? Because they're going to start searching Amazon for that solution. Sorry to interrupt the interview, but I would love to see what you're doing while you catch up with the Wear Wag Repeat podcast. Take a screenshot of this episode in your podcast player or snap a selfie with your earbuds in. Bonus points if it's on a dog walk and share it to your Instagram stories tagging me at tmystic. I'll keep an eye out for mentions and I would love to give you a shout out from my own account. Okay, now back to the episode. And so do you work with bloggers and and influencers now to promote these products? We do. Um, And it's funny that they want to promote our website, not so much Amazon, which I found fascinating because I thought for sure they'd want to promote Amazon. We have a few that want to because they're Amazon Amazon affiliates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But realistically, they usually reach out to us on um, Instagram. We uh, reach out to bloggers for sure, especially if 
they fit, if their writing fits our passion and our ingredient philosophy. So mm -hmm. if they're promoting a product that maybe doesn't follow our products um, philosophy, we probably won't partner with them because we want, we want, we don't want to partner with, I mean, we would love everyone, but <laughs> we want to partner with people who have like, like minds mm -hmm. um, and like messages. Well, it's a lifestyle product. And I think influencers now aren't just promoting like one isolated thing. They're kind of promoting their entire lifestyle. And it just so happens that half of it's monetized and half of it's organic. Um, and so I think like, you know, it's really important that if you're going to work with an influencer or a blogger, that if you're really aligned with their entire philosophy. Mm -hmm. And you'll speak better with their, their audience. So mm -hmm. if you are partnered with someone who doesn't have a hundred percent alignment, their audience may not have a hundred percent alignment with you. Mm -hmm. And so they're not going to choose you. They're going to choose another brand that they have that they feel maybe is better for them. So we want like-minded people and like-minded storytelling. Right. So um, I was wondering, um, it, it seems like you have focused so much on the pet dental space, mm -hmm. um, but you also, like we talked about the ear cleaner or shampoo or deodorizer or different things. Was there a reason why um, the pet dental department has kind of risen to the top and become number one? Maybe the other ones are number one too, and I just don't <laughs> know it. Um, but is there a reason behind that? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is that um, the awareness of the importance of pet dental has just grown so much in the past three years. I, I have to, my hats are off to vets and groomers. They're the ones that really drove that message better than any, better than I did, better than any marketing of any company. They're the ones that really educated people um, as they visited their offices on the importance of taking care of your pet's teeth and gums. Uh, so I think that they really started this awareness. They've done such a good job of, around it. And now we're piggybacking on that, you know, making sure that our blogs are, are, are up to date on the latest and greatest on pet dental care. And we know that their teeth, just like in humans, our dental health is linked to our heart health. Exactly. It's no different for pets. And, you know, they're small little guys. Some of them are bigger guys, but still they're not human size most of the time. Sometimes I swear there are. But, you know, so what they consume, what they put on their body, the teeth, everything like that, it impacts them faster. You know, and it's, it's such a scary stat and um, it's just something that drives me to make a change is 70, I think it's 70% of cats have some sort of um, periodontal disease and 80% of dogs. That's just no good. Wow. That's for being in the pet industry. We have to be a stand that that is not okay. And so that's where we're really passionate about dental care is right now that will make a huge difference in every single life of every single pet. Yeah. That's amazing. So I don't mean to like, you know, direct attention away from that, but we, you know, right. we only have limited time. Right. <laughs> um, but that is very important. And I think that, um, like, I believe February is Pet Dental Health mm -hmm. Awareness Month. And so I think that month has done a really great job, at least from what I've seen, um, to raise awareness about this. But as a blogger, you know, I definitely would love to commit to sharing these kind of statistics throughout the entire year because 80% is just crazy. Right. 
it's yeah. just crazy. We just, you know, yeah, I love February. I love because mm-hmm. it's for like right now, it's just, it's huge. And a lot of other companies are doing a really good job too about that awareness. But all year long, we do different um, fun things around Christmas, around any holiday, um, anything that, uh, you know, spring cleaning is like, okay, spring cleaning. Yeah, we have deodorants and we have this amazing pet ear cleaner. And um, again, not die free, all that good stuff. But then you also can say, and hey, throw out your human toothbrush for a new one. And what are you doing for your pet? Right. So you're just always tying things together. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things I, that really caught my eye when I was like stalking you online before I interviewed you <laughs> was that you were one of the pet age women of influence winners for 2019. And so, you know, that you know, that's kind of really cool. Pet age is really well known. Um, what does that kind of recognition mean for you? Well, I just, um, great question. And I wish that I had a better answer for this. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to talk about yourself. Um, is, uh, well, one, I know I was, it's easy. You've been talking about OxyFresh this whole right. time. But I'm gonna <laughs> <make it up. laughs> um, you know, I was just honored. I think, uh, there were 30 women and to be in this year, to be among them is just flattering and humbling. And, you know, Pets are definitely a high passion of mine. I mean, I love my fur babies. I would do, I'm like you, they come first. Uh, my husband comes second, then maybe me. <laughs> um, but I think that to be among that amazing group of women is just awesome. And I love, love to see that pet, women are being recognized in the pet marketplace. I think we make a huge difference and it for pet age to recognize what is happening uh, with women in the pet industry is just incredible. So I'm very thankful that to be part of um, this incredible group of women. Um, and it just, you know, helps drive me to just even do better and better, you know, to be recognized. I think we all kind of feel that way of how wow, I'm just going to even be better next year, you know, um, because to be recognized for our efforts is just amazing. Yeah. And I, and also, you know, like there's a little bit of spotlight on you. So it gives you an, an, an excuse or like a purpose to kind of try mm-hmm. a little bit harder and, and make things a little bit bigger. Exactly. Exactly. It gives us definitely gives us a platform, um, a bigger platform that we had and, you know, to capitalize on that, um, not only for the brand, you know, I, I, or me myself, it's, it's really about, you know, what can we do? Maybe we can make a difference in the pet industry and, mm-hmm. There's just so much that's still yet to be done, of course, and fun stuff. I don't, you know, it's not all about dire, but, you know, and there's some fun creative stuff that's happening in the pet market that I am loving being a part of. Like what? Oh, well, so (laughs) I just, I, uh, what's happened in the pet market from a marketing standpoint is so exciting for me. I think that so many brands from, I'm going to say other brands too, because I love them. Yeah. I mean, they are killing it. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love them. Um, And I just love seeing that the marketing has started a shift. You've seen it with pet food. I love some of the packaging that's happening with eco-friendly. It's just loving seeing that. But we're pet industry. We're going to have a little fun and we're bringing a little design to the marketplace. You know, I think it's becoming a little bit more modernized. I think that, um, that you can have a little bit of fun with the pet market. So we like, we use a lot of puns. We use, we mm-hmm. are true to who we are. We're a fun group of people. We're a little ridiculous. Um, and so in our marketing, we're getting to see that. And I'm loving that other brands are starting to do that is going, you know what? 
I'm not going to do a me too looking product. I'm going to focus on who we are. What do I like to do? Like we have to have, we love to have fun. So fun is a huge key component to who we are. And so you see that in our packaging and all of our marketing, you know, we have funny ads we have, but it's true to who we are. And so I want people to say, oh, that is OxyFresh when they look at something because, and it made them smile, it made them laugh, um, and then it made them do something um, for their pets. So yeah. I see other brands doing that as well, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, but there's some really cool, cool marketing things happening in pet, and I'm, I just love it. Yeah, it's so exciting, and I think pets like are all about fun and joy and playfulness. So um, it makes sense to incorporate that into your brand. So Absolutely. speaking of our pets mm. and fun, tell us about your fur, fur babies. Um, what kind of dogs are Maddie and Parker? Yeah, so Maddie is a 14-year-old Labradoodle. Uh, she is just the sweetest dog in the world. She was used to be a little monster, but now she's just like just the sweetest dog in the world. Her brother so was my first dog ever. And I didn't have a pet growing up, which is, I feel like I missed out, but she, he was my first love. I, my poor husband, but he was my first love. I just fell in love with him. That's when I just really, really, truly fell in love with um, cats, dogs, just pretty much any pet. I just was hooked from the minute I saw him. And so Maddie, she's just a love too. Um, and then Parker's our newest addition to our family. He's two. He is a wired hair griffon. He is all antics that I just adore him to death. When he comes to the office, for like we utilize him for photo shoots and all this stuff. So same with Maddie, but Parker's just one of those. He's just a character. He has definitely has a mind of his own. He loves the outdoors. So does Maddie. Um, what is awesome about Cordelaine? As I'm looking at my window, it's a blizzard out there right now, which is unusual. But Cordelaine, we have were mountains, lots of trees, huge lakes, um, and so they're outside dogs. They love to be outside. They love to roam. They love to. Go go and chase deer, whatever they can do. So we're really outdoorsy. Um, and they just, I just love them to pieces. They're the things for me with our pet line. And like I incorporate Parker's antics in our marketing. And you know, you just get inspired by them. Um, and so you just, they inspire me to do better and to have more fun. I mean, Parker's just a, he's just a jokester. Yeah, they're, I, they sound awesome and they sound super fun. I When I got my dog, Lucy, I had a nine-year-old um, lab named Lola. So they were seven years apart. So like kind of similar to the age difference in your dogs. And it's it's kind of fun to have a senior and a puppy and like see how they interact with each other. It is hilarious. You know, she definitely has her boundaries. But, you know, she it, it, probably similar to you is that um, – I feel like though she's gotten a lot of her, some of her youth back. Mm -hmm. um, and you're just like, wow, you just needed this, you know, um, yeah. her brother, but still it's just um, the age difference is, is fun. It is fun. So before we go, um, I've been asking everyone what their favorite like tools or apps or resources or books or what have you um, is for helping them, you know, sort of make it work in the pet industry. So do you have like a couple favorites that you go to every day or every week or something like that? Absolutely. So Seth Godin, um, I just adore him. I think that he speaks to 
any generation um, as far as marketing goes. So I follow his, I get a daily message from him on his just short little read blogs, but I love them. They just, they open eyes, especially around marketing. I think that we can apply that to the pet industry. It's not just other industries, um, especially tech. It's, mm -hmm. you can apply it anywhere. And so I think he's just phenomenal. Of course, his books, um, just because he's very good at storytelling. Um, and then the other thing is for platforms, Shopify. I love Shopify. We use Shopify. It is a super simple, no matter if you're just starting out um, as a business or further on like we are, it, it, they have the tools for you and so many awesome plugins. For affiliates, this is my favorite plugin is Reversion. Reversion. I love them. They make it so simple to start an affiliate program that I could do it. I didn't need my accounting team. I didn't need my IT team. I literally was like, hey, this is cool. I'm going to sign up for it. And uh, and now it's just going off by itself. And so that's phenomenal. But those are that out. probably my two, like those are my favorite. And then of course I just plug into the pet industry. I mean, there's so many great blogs out there. Mm -hmm. um, you're doing a, a phenomenal job of interviewing fantastic people in the pet industry. There is not, I don't think there's anything like this out there that you could hear from, especially women who are making a huge difference in the pet industry. I mean, I, I just, I can't remember the company name, but I just listened to the, the one with crickets and I yes. just, fascinating. I mean, that's a brilliant idea. Jiminy's so, crickets. Yes, Jiminy's crickets. It's a fascinating, uh, that's just a brilliant idea. And I think that plugging in, finding bloggers, finding people like you who are highlighting the pet industry and interviewing the people that are making a difference in the pet industry is huge. You just, I learn from others. Um, I don't have all the answers. And so I just put my little spin on them. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for admiring what I'm doing. It really means a lot to me. Oh, it's just awesome. So people need to plug in. Thank you. Well, Melissa, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, tell everyone where they can find OxyFresh online. Oh, sure. So OxyFresh.com is our uh, corporate website. And then OxyFresh Pets is our Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and then to follow me, if you are interested at all, I post a bunch of interesting things about pets, but um, is LinkedIn. And it's just Melissa uh, Gobranson. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. This is awesome. Thank you for listening to the Wear Wag Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, we'll see you around the dog park. <laughs>